This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this week I'm joined by Lindsay Hamilton and Jim Orr as we continue our four-part series about the career of Sir Alec Ferguson in Scotland. We pick up from where we left off at the end of episode 20 of the podcast, where the veteran striker is winding down his career and looking towards a future in coaching. Before we get started, we have this week's trivia question for you. True or false, Jerome Verai scored four goals in 14 minutes in 2004. We'll give you the answer at the end of the podcast. It's April 1973 and Alec Ferguson is a striker at Falkirk. Coming near the end of his playing career that has seen him turn out for Queen's Park, St Johnston, Dunfermline Athletic, Rangers and now the Bairns, he is also coaching behind the scenes at Brockville. Having been at the club since his departure from Ibrox in 1969, Ferguson seems well positioned to stay on as a coach when he eventually hangs up his boots for the last time. A change of chairman in the Brockville boardroom is set to change things, however. The new chairman decides that the club needs a new manager, and Willie Cunningham suggests to Ferguson to apply for the job as the board think highly of him. However, Falkirk reappoint their former manager John Prentice to the ire of Falkirk's fans, who are still angry about the way Prentice departed for Dundee previously. Prentice has his own ideas about how things should be run, and he sees no place for Fergie in his plans. The player coach is relieved of his coaching duties and requests a transfer. Sir Alex later says of Prentice that he found it hard to look me in the eye when being told of the news. Disappointed by this, Ferguson must look elsewhere to finish off his playing days. Fortunately, Ali McLeod of Air United offers him a contract at Somerset Park to be his assistant and play at the same time. McLeod's assistant Jim McFadgen is a PE teacher away from his role as Ayr's assistant and has plans to move to another school, hence McLeod's offer. In the end, McFadgen chooses to stay put and Ferguson is happy to play and coach in the background. In his time with Ayr United, Ferguson bags 14 goals for the honest men. One of these goals comes against John Prentice's Falkirk team and wins the game for Ayr. At the end of the season, Fergie retires and looks for a coaching role. At the same time, East Stirlingshire are looking for a new manager following the departure of Bob Shaw. Looking for potential candidates, Ali McLeod personally recommends that they appoint Ferguson. Having tried for the manager's position at his old club Queen's Park and been rejected, Fergie passes the interview and at the age of 32 becomes one of the youngest managers in the Scottish League. The position is part-time and allows the young manager to work as a publican to bring up his young family. This is the story of Sir Alec Ferguson's whirlwind time in charge of East Stirlingshire FC and the start of a stellar career in football management. East Stirlingshire was formed in the village of Bainsford near Falkirk in 1880. They had their origins in a cricket club, the excellently named Bainsford Blue Bonnets, who founded a football team called Britannia FC. 
This team changed its name to East Stirlingshire and they quickly established rivalries with their near neighbours Falkirk and Stenhouse Muir. In the early years of the 20th century, the club considered merging with Falkirk, whose board had unanimously agreed to the merger, but the Shire's board voted not to merger by a slim margin of one vote, and the merger was scrapped. This would not be the first time that the club would be involved with a potential merger. The club was forced to move away from Bainsford in 1921, when a railway line was planned to be built through the middle of the ground at Merkiston Park. When a derelict building in First Street became available, near the town centre of Falkirk, the club moved to Furs Park and cemented their place as rivals of Falkirk, who played at Brockville Park. The two grounds were less than a mile away from each other. After World War II, the club was denied re-entry to the second tier of the Scottish League Division B and were instead placed in the new Division C, which only lasted less than a decade before Division B was expanded and the Shire were back in the second tier. Jack and Charlie Steedman, two businessmen who owned a car sales firm, bought over the club in 1957 and were determined to raise the profile of the club. Instead of signing players who were out of contract elsewhere, they shifted the club's focus to bringing in promising talent from boys clubs and junior sides, and it paid off quickly, with the club no longer languishing around the bottom of the league. From 1959 until 1962, future Chelsea and Scotland star Eddie McCready played for the Shire. He is arguably the club's most famous player. He joined the club from Drumchapel Amateurs, and when he was sold to Chelsea, they agreed to play two friendlies as part of the transfer agreement. One friendly was played in 1963, but the second match was never played. In 1963, the club won promotion to the first division, but lasted only one season before being relegated. In 1964, the Steedmans were looking to make the club an established first division side and didn't think Falkirk was a sustainable base for them, with Falkirk FC being the established club in the town. After rejecting moves to Cumbernauld and Grangemouth, the brothers looked closer to home for them. They identified Clydebank as a potential base and discovered that Clydebank juniors, who played in the town, were financially solvent and had considerable assets. East Stirlingshire was made with Clydebank juniors to become ES Clydebank and the Shire moved away from Falkirk. This new club only lasted a year before the Shire's fans were able to win a series of court battles, resulting in East Alicia returning to Furs Park. The Stephen brothers sold their shares in the Shire and formed a new team, Clyde Bank FC, given the levels of enthusiasm in the town around the senior team. The Shire re-established itself in Falkirk, but was always in the shadow of its larger neighbour, just under a mile away. However, the arrival of a new manager threatened the established order in the town. When Alec Ferguson was appointed at Furs Park in the summer of 1974, East Stirlingshire were in a bit of a state. The season before his arrival, the Shire had finished 16th in the 19-team second division. With only eight players and no goalkeepers on their books, it was obvious that the young manager had a task on his hands to get the Falkirk-based outfit up to scratch. The team's transfer kitty only had £2,000 in it, the equivalent of just over £21,000 in today's money. 
What's more, at the end of the 1974-75 season, the Scottish League structure would be changed from two divisions to three, with a new Premier Division being created to take the place of the old First Division. Six teams in the second division would earn promotion to the new First Division at the end of the season, and Ferguson didn't see why his team couldn't be one of them. Fergie had been won over by the enthusiasm of his new chairman, Willie Muirhead, but on meeting his depleted squad, the new manager's words to his chairman were, Do you know you need 11 players to start a game, plus two subs? With a restricted budget, the first signing Ferguson made was Tom Gourley, a goalkeeper from Partick Thistle. Other signings such as Jimmy Mullen, George Adams and Billy Holston were added until a squad of 15 players had been assembled. The squad were brought up to speed with pre-season games against a Celtic youth side which ended 3-3 and a 2-0 defeat to Tranmere Rovers, who were managed by former Dundee United and Liverpool player Ron Yates and had a young player called Steve Coppel playing in their ranks. Ferguson's training was miles ahead of anything the Shires players had ever known, and even their diets were improved long before the days of dietitians being standard in football. One of Fergie's favoured dishes to give his players before a match was grilled fish with toast and honey. And while the players initially reacted strangely towards this new delicacy, they ultimately realised that their new manager probably knew what he was doing. Fergie's new team's first proper match would be away to Forfar Athletic in the League Cup on the 10th of August 1974. Things got off to a bad start as the Shire went in at half-time losing 3-0. Bobby McCulley, who was one of the players that day, said that he expected the hairdryer treatment, but instead it was the opposite. We traipsed in at half-time and were expecting both barrels. We knew what he was like and were ready for the worst. Everyone was looking down, not wanting to catch his eye. I think I tied my bootlaces six times. But instead of ripping into us, he told us we were playing great. He filled us with confidence and a belief that we were not beaten yet. In the end, a stirring fight back in the second half saw Fergie's men emerge with a creditable 3-3 draw. McCulley even went as far as to say that the Shire could have won the game as Billy Halston hit the post late on. They followed up this draw by beating Meadowbank Thistle 3-1 at home. In Fergie's first five matches, he won three, drew one and lost one. Not quite enough to get the team out of the League Cup section, but still a good start for the fledgling manager. Throughout his career in management, Ferguson was famous for his discipline and fiery temperament. This was nothing new to the players he managed in his early days though, with Bobby McCulley saying he was a frightening bastard from the start. The new boss demanded his players give their all in training sessions and matches, and the rewards came in good results. Some found out about his harsh temper the hard way though. Just ask poor Jim Meakin, who told his boss that he wouldn't be able to make training one Monday because of a trip to Blackpool he was taking with one of the club directors, Bob Shaw, who happened to be Meakin's father-in-law. For some managers, having a player go somewhere with a club director would have been a reasonable excuse, 
But Fergie angrily said, I don't care if you're going with the Queen. You are training on Monday. Shaw's pleas to allow Meekin to get the time off were shrugged off, and when Meekin phoned his manager to tell him he was still in Blackpool at 4 o'clock on the Monday, the reply from Ferguson was, Don't come back. You're finished. Meekin was banished for weeks because of this. The players were to show nothing other than total commitment to the job. After much begging from Shaw, Meekin was eventually allowed to return to the fold. Lesson learned. In 2017, one of Fergie's former players at Manchester United, David Bellion, told a story in which a young United player turned up to training in a Bentley and was immediately told by Sir Alex to sell his car. The idea was that he didn't like his players to get above their station before they had done anything in the game. And the exact same thing happened years before to Peter Dunn at East Stirlingshire. According to Bobby McCulley, Dunn was reasonably well off compared to his teammates and had a yellow sports car in which he drove to training. Fergie quickly told him to get rid of it. Even in the early stages of his management career, Fergie had no time for flash players. The Shires captain Gordon Simpson was the very opposite of this, ensuring that no players answered back and even had to pop his cartilage back into his knee during a game against Sunrar before continuing to play. Ferguson's first league game came on the 31st of August away to Montrose, ending in a 4-3 loss for the Shire. Four days later they travelled to Hamden and came away with a 2-1 victory over Queen's Park. Here was Fergie letting his old club know exactly what they had missed out on. The first nine games in the league weren't all positive, including a 6-2 loss away to Albion Rovers, but after nine games, Ferguson had won four, drawn two, and lost three. His tenth league game was to be a huge one for him too. In terms of derbies in Scotland, East Stirlingshire v Falkirk probably isn't near the top of your list unless you're a Shire fan. Even for Falkirk, despite East Stirlingshire being their closest rivals, they would consider their rivalry with Infermline as being of greater importance. And at this point, you wouldn't have blamed them. Falkirk hadn't lost a league game to the Shire for over 70 years. However, when the two sides lined up at First Park on the 5th of October 1974, there was more at stake than just the two points. John Prentice's Falkirk had been relegated to the second division the year before and were looking good to win the league and get themselves into the new First Division. In addition to this, they had made the semi-finals of the League Cup. Ferguson had not forgiven Prentice for stripping him of his coaching role at Brockville and withholding payments to him, and this was his big chance to get his own back. Revenge was to prove to be a great motivator and motif of Ferguson's managerial career. While playing for Falkirk in 1970, the club had been invited to appear on the BBC TV quiz show Quiz Ball, where they would be up against Everton's players in a battle of wits. The future Scotland manager Andy Roxburgh was a teammate of Ferguson's at the time. The Falkirk team were asked a question about the winning jockey of the 1970 Grand National, and Fergie knew the answer. He whispered the answer to his captain, 
Roxburgh, who ignored his advice and gave the wrong answer, Lester Piggott. Years later, when Roxburgh would phone Ferguson for advice when managing Scotland, the very first words he heard down the telephone in between a barrage of swearing were, Lester Piggott. Never let it be said that Alec Ferguson doesn't hold a grudge. The great Leeds United manager of the 60s and 70s, Don Reavy, was famous for his dossiers on his opponents that would break down the minute details of their playing style and even personality. Ferguson was keen to emulate that, going to great lengths to find out all about the Falkirk players. The East Stirlingshire players were well drilled in how their opponents played by their manager, who told them, There's not one thing I don't know about this mob. I can tell you which side of the bed they lie on. I know them, and they're useless. A crowd of 4,300 turned out at Furs Park for the battle between the two sides. Falkirk started the game well, and almost scored within the first minute. A point-blank save from Tom Gourley kept the score level at 0-0. According to the Evening Times, the Bairns were a slightly better team. But it was the Shire who scored first in the game with a volley from a McCulley cross, leaving Donaldson in the Falkirk goal helpless as Mullen put the ball into the net. The Evening Times also reported trouble between the two sets of fans just before half-time. In the end, Alec Ferguson's East Stirlingshire prevailed 2-0 against John Prentice's Falkirk, thanks to another goal from Ian Browning. Ferguson said in his autobiography from 1999, On the day, everything we planned became reality and the 2-0 scoreline did not reflect our superiority. We gave Falkirk a drubbing. The Shire had ended the league hoodoo against the Bairns and given their larger rivals a bloody nose in the process. The young manager's good work was being noticed across the country and his team were sitting in 7th place, level in 12 points with Aloha, Hamilton Academical and St Mirren. St Mirren were watching Ferguson's work from afar in Paisley. Sitting in 6th place at this point, the Paisley Buddies were desperate not to end up in the bottom division for another year. The outgoing St Mirren manager Willie Cunningham recommended Ferguson to the Paisley Sides board and having coached him both at Dunfermline and Falkirk, believed he would be a good fit at Love Street. Ferguson later recanted a phone call he got from Cunningham, saying, He phoned me up one day and said, Alec, I'm fed up with football and I think you should manage St Mirren. I said I wasn't going there. I had a job at East Stirling and I was enjoying it. He said, Alec, take this job. Ferguson was reluctant about taking the St Mirren job so soon after coming in the door at East Stirlingshire. He had only been a manager for four months but had achieved success with very few resources at his disposal. If he moved, he would be going to a bigger club, but having been to Love Street, he found the place was in a poor state of repair. Add to that that Paisley was suffering economically and attendances at their home games had been poor. Ferguson turned to Jock Steen, Celtic's manager, for advice on whether to stay in Falkirk or go to Paisley. Steen had signed Fergie for Dunfermline days before he left the Pars to take over at Hibernian and knew what the young manager could achieve. Steen told him to go to the top of the stands at Furs Park 
and look around at what he saw, then to do the same at Love Street. After doing this, Alex Ferguson had his mind set on Paisley. Fergie's last game in charge of the Shire was a 4-0 win over Aloha Athletic, in which his players produced an excellent performance. He delivered the news that he was leaving to his players afterwards, and they thanked him for his work. Sir Alex would later describe the way he left the Shire as having a dull sense of failure, a task unfinished. Such are the high standards that he placed upon himself. On the 18th of October 1974, Alex Ferguson was unveiled as the new manager of St Mirren. It had only been 117 days since he began his managerial career at East Stirlingshire, yet he had already gone up a rung in the ladder. While the buddies may have been down on their luck, the young manager saw a chance to shape the team and the club into his own image. With so few staff, he knew it would be very hard work taking on the job, but with that came the chance to run things his way with little opposition. By the end of the season, he would guide St Mirren to 6th place with 46 points, the last promotion place taking them up into the 1st Division. As for East Stirlingshire, they fell away slightly under new manager Ian Ure and finished 10th with 40 points. While St Mirren would go on to bigger and better things with their new manager, the Shire would remain in the 2nd Division, but their young manager's brief time in charge at Furs Park had given their support some great memories and an astonishing derby win. The motivation for the famous win over Falkirk had been revenge, and this would not be the only time in Fergie's career where it would motivate him over the line. At the start of this episode, we asked you if it was true or false that Jerome Verai scored four goals in 14 minutes for Airdrie in 2004. The answer is true. Verai netted four times in quick succession in a game against Stenhouse Muir. Jerome arrived at Kilmarnock in 1997 from Mulhouse in France and was originally supposed to join their county rivals, Air United, before turning up at Rugby Park. After five years in the blue and white stripes of Kelly, Jerome then joined Airdrie before eventually moving to Air United. Despite only planning to stay for a short while at Kilmarnock, Jerome still lives in Scotland and runs a cafe in Hamilton. His daughter Olivia is a keen athlete and was the Scottish under-15 800m champion in 2016. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And join us again next week when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, you can subscribe to Football Memories Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more, email lindsay at lindsay.hamilton at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland in association with Alzheimer Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBrearty. Additional material from Managing My Life by Sir Alec Ferguson, The Glasgow Times, The Glasgow Herald, The Daily Record, The Mirror, BBC Sports Scotland, Dunfermline Athletic FC, 
the Falkirk Herald and 442 magazine.